Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Shane Oliver Experience. I have with us today the very lovely Josh Murphy of Flangipanis, The Meat, Bottle Cock, that's currently active, sort of, um, but they're the current bands that you're in right now. Um, how you been, man? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah? Um, yeah. yeah. Cheers ha- for having me. You guys have just also, just jump straight into this part anyway, you guys have just dropped um, another EP through Flange as well, uh, Community Backwash. And so dropping another EP right around, well not right around, but like while you're in other active bands, how is, does that get really busy? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it really Cause, does. Because uh, I know before I, I made the, the, the stupid stab at the start where it was just like sem- somewhat active bottlecock, but you were saying before that it's sometimes active sort of thing. Um, like more than playing in more than one band, obviously, like you think about it in a way like uh, like with jobs, you know, if you have more than one job, you're, you're working pretty fucking hard for the, for the for what you're doing to get the money and that sort of stuff. I feel like you can you can you can relate to that in the same way with bands and like playing in multiple bands too like it it must be pretty busy it, yeah it gets pretty hectic like i'm pretty lucky at the moment so um bottlecock and king congo have both sort of had bottlecock just oh, like king congo i forgot play like too. once Sorry, or twice yeah. a year these days and king congo's sort of had a bit of a quieter year as well so luckily i've been yeah those you, those have been a little bit little bit calm so flan just had some tech space to be busy just <laughs> it, so while you play in other bands do you have one that's more of I wouldn't say a preference but there is is there one that you have more focus or energy that go into it when it comes to certain recordings or performance wise or anything like that um I guess probably flange in so much as that's the busiest and that's one where I like um write a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. do most of our bookings make our merch like I'm, I'm sort of doing a lot of stuff in that whereas like uh, say the meat, for example. Yep. I don't write any songs in that. I just mm-hmm. turn up and play bass, and yep. it's straight down the line hardcore. There's nothing too crazy to it, so it's like that. That's sort of something I can walk into the rehearsal yeah. room, have a good time, walk back out, sort of thing. I'm not going, then going home and trying to like draw up a shirt to send it off to the printers the next day. So, yeah. So I guess probably flange just by virtue yeah. of doing so much with it that it takes up a whole lot of a whole lot of headspace that's very fair as well and so like with with that sort of um scheduling with like with the meat and stuff so you you rock up you you play the bass so there's i wouldn't say there's like uh no effort that you put into it or anything like that because obviously there is but um how does it feel like being able to play in a band like that where there's not really any extra pressure where it's just rather than turning up and being able to play Oh, it's such a relief. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I could imagine that too. I mean, the, the, for for my taste in music as well, just with the meat is uh, like that 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 style of music that I I genuinely enjoy more. It's not like 
I, I like it more than like say flange stuff or the punk scene or anything like that but just that style of music or it just i gravitate to it more just because of such a high energy that comes out of it especially in the sound even though um you know you yourself like it's the, what's what's the what's the vocalist's name again? Um, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy. Me. That's right. Yeah. Like he's he's, he's high energy. <laughs> exactly. Right. And that was my thing. And whereas, like, you see you performing up there, and you're just you're just playing the notes, man. You're just there getting like just doing A to B sort of thing. And it's not like that's a bad thing or anything. Obviously, it's just like he's the, he's that guy. Like he's he's that one that will get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's very much. He's the he's the performer of the group like exactly the rest of us you know we all, we all play and we sit up there but jimmy's yeah. out in the crowd leaping about yeah going a little bit wild so um yeah he's definitely the do you think that with bands like that um where they have like say one person that puts in that high performance um gravitating energy towards your sort of thing um does it make it more of a like a, a laid back approach for the other people in the band in terms of like you know he's the one who's drawing everyone's attention to the band we can just focus on playing or do you feel as if like it's a whole thing that should be focused on rather than one person uh probably a bit of both like yeah to be honest like we i get away with not having to do much in yeah. that, on, on stage in that band because yeah there's jimmy there and then if people aren't looking at jimmy there's josiah who does most of the lead guitar stuff who's yeah not not exactly leaping around the stage, you know, a little bit more active than me. So I guess in that band, I can kind of yeah. fade into the background next to the drums a little bit more. So it's definitely handy. But I think most bands are more interesting if you look at them yeah. as a whole group. But you definitely, you can't help with a band like that. Like Jimmy's such a mm. phenomenal front man. And that's how we met because he was playing in another band and they were just so fantastic that like, yeah, we just just became mates because I wouldn't shut up about how much I like their bands. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's hard to, to not do that though. Like when you, you get so into like certain, you just can't help but go, man, that was fucking awesome. Like I really enjoyed that. Like I've gone up to Adam uh, multiple times when I've seen him playing Vestiges and like raw energy mm, when he gets yeah, up there yeah. and stuff. Like he puts so much energy into what he does when he when he's just, you just think, fuck man. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess yeah. I guess Vestiges, Vestiges, sorry, are a, <laughs> a, a good example. Like Adam's, such an you know yeah out the front like not like energetic in a different way to jimmy like jimmy yeah. is you know very much shoulder in your face shoulder like, in everyone's face sort of thing yeah, but like yeah. adam's like a more sort of emotional energy but it's still like he's a, the captivating thing but if you look at any of the other guys in vestiges they all still put on a really good show which i think yeah, is still yeah. important and i probably don't do as well as them to be honest but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's that same sort of principle where you see a lot these days it's either like i would say I guess successful bands they always seem to have either at least one person in that band that has a higher output of energy of sort uh, whether it be the bassist or the drummer or the guitarist it doesn't even have to be the front person but there's always seemingly one one character amongst like those successful bands that people kind of gravitate towards to and that's you know what keeps people interested um if I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like gimmick bands at the moment like anything that can that's different from like the status quo like because it's not saying that there's it, there's so much out there it's just like the ones that do things differently of course you're going to be what are they up to what are they doing like yeah, yeah, we'll, sure. I, I'm keen to see their show sort of thing because they just have that that crazy output like uh, Garlic Nun is one that I've gotten into a lot lately as well and um, Russell the Singer um, you know they have like a whole stage show and it's like about nuns and shit I haven't actually seen like f a full 
uh, full set of it or anything yet, but I can just imagine, like I've seen snippets and stuff and it just looks like so much fun and you can't help but be interested in wanting to see it and like be a part of it sometimes. Yeah, totally. And when they're, they're, they're just good fun. They're good fun. And like, I, I, I think that bands like that, uh, they're, they're just ones that you can get along with and especially when they're friends too that you, and you just like you can't help but like be stoked for them as well like like Adam and, and you guys yeah, as yeah, well like sure. I, I'm always I'm always a big fan of seeing how my friends uh, are getting along and playing and stuff like that and it's good fun um, anyway bit off topic um, for you when you started when did you start getting into music when when was the earliest time you can remember um, I sort of grew up in a very musical or like traditionally classical music household. So I like, I think I started playing piano when I was three or, I was three about, or four. I so was about to say that, yeah, like was it piano that you started? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my, my grandma was a piano teacher and had like, like taught her whole life and played professionally for a couple of, um, I think she was like a pianist for the Royal Ballet in Melbourne or something at one point. Oh, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, so like. Very sort of strong musical background in my family, very like straight down the line classical, sort of learn the piece, play the piece, yeah. do the classics sort of thing. So that was, yeah, so I guess that was sort of what I first got into and, and like did, did love and enjoy and do still in, and enjoy. Um, but I guess in terms of playing what I play now, I about 15, 16, had a bit of a teenage rebellion moment and gave up. I was playing piano and clarinet at that point, just kind of <laughs> yeah. like cracked the shits, wanted to, you know, go hang out with friends instead. So stopped doing all of that. And it seems like, 15, 16 Oh man Because like, you know everything yeah. Like it's, it's sick yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah Like it was the same thing For me too I mean like I, I got into Like the more he- Like I wouldn't say More heavier stuff But just like the different Style of music When I was about 12, 13 But it wasn't until I was about 15 When I got my first guitar And I started to Play like Metallica And like all that Sort of stuff And cover it And whatnot. But that, that was for me Like for my first Musical Like exposure I guess as well So it's always Interesting to see Is I've noticed it too, like when people that have gone through like the classical background, it's always usually been piano. The first one, the first instrument's usually been piano. Yeah, I guess it's a good sort of a, a, a basis instrument, I guess, for a lot of other things. And like a fantastic instrument in its, in its own right. Yeah. But I, it, in terms of learning as a kid, I think having the notes laid out in front of you and it's very like you hit that note, you get that note sort of thing as opposed to like a fretless instrument like a cello or yeah. trombone or something where there's a little bit more of a playing by ear sort of struggle. And I when, guess, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, sorry, yeah. So yeah. I reckon that's probably why piano is yeah. pretty popular, yeah. Was it, did you, like, because you obviously had to learn, like, the sheet music and be able to read all that sort of stuff. Was the theory side for you, like, very hard to understand or because you grew up with it, it was sort um, of like what you knew? Like, it was a bit of work. I didn't like doing it. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, so I'm, like, I, I was the same. I hated the theory side of the music. I, I, I would... I understood tabs and stuff better than like reading sheet music. So yeah, that's what I used to use. You know? Yeah, and so like like doing the sort of the classical exam. Like I went through like examinations and everything, and alongside the actual performance and playing exams, you have to do just pure mm. theory exams where you sit down in a quiet room for like I don't know an hour, two hours, whatever. Yeah, and, you know, there's various questions about like you know, and you have to like write out certain things or they'll ask for you to like work out the cadence of this or blah blah blah. And yeah, and so yeah, it's this real kind of yeah, like like hyper theory side of it, which I like. I got like it wasn't. It was a bit of effort, but it wasn't too hard. But I just didn't like it, um, which I think probably shows in my guitar playing. I'm <laughs> so terribly inept and untechnical. <laughs> but I mean, that's not to say that you're a bad guitarist. You know, like you you, you still like. I just uh, learned power chords and decided that was enough. It's 
it's that's a very punk thing to do as well <laughs> yeah well uh, i think like it was very much like yeah so after, after i after i cracked the shits and didn't want to play piano anymore um my i had a had a friend from school was living with me at the time like living at my house with my family and um he had a guitar and taught me a couple of songs off dude ranch and i was just like oh holy shit like such minimal effort and suddenly i can play this song that i love like it just it made so much more sense to me um so yeah i, I think that that sort of the ability to do it without having to be so like practicing in an hour yeah. every day and like yeah because like prior to that it was you know wake up and practice before going to school or Oof, yeah. come home practice at night go to go to lessons like you know that sort of constant slog whereas guitar was sort of something i could come to and from a little easier yeah yeah and like i think at that in that period of time like in in your time of life i would say unless it's like something that you absolutely know that's what you want to do of that's going to happen like you're going to be like i want to yeah, see what yeah, else totally, is out i yeah. want to see what else is out there you know like and but I, I i it's my opinion obviously but i feel as if like once you get your foot in the door with any form of music you you're just going to be involved with it no matter what i think because that's what kind of happened with me so I, I feel like it it could happen with a lot of people, like how you influence yourself with like the music and what you get attached to. Um, so say you were in, you started with the classical background and uh, started with piano and stuff, but then you eventually heard other stuff and you wanted to try different instruments. Um, I was kind of the same. I never had the money to do it though. Like, but and plus I'm a left-hander, so oh yeah, that's I'm, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've got myself an acoustic and an electric, but I've not got a bass yet. But that's the next thing. I want to try more instruments and stuff, like like from the guitar range, but also like I like the the idea of piano. I want to I want to learn it and be able to play it too and stuff. But I especially then like it's a time where to try something different like it's the best time to as well and to experience new music as yeah, well for sure um so you started with the with that background and then you heard it was uh, dude ranch sorry yeah well those were sort of the first songs i started playing yeah. just because me and my friend like the friend who was teaching me loved loved blink as well so did you get they were sort of the easy ones to yeah so did you get guitar lessons like did you ever pay for or um, anything like I that or did eventually so i sort of just like for, for the for a while was just fiddling around on his guitar whenever i got a chance after i left left school and then left home like like a week later or something yeah i don't know i think a few weeks later but yeah around the same time and um had another friend who was a couple of years older who was teaching and he gave me a few lessons but even he sort of started off teaching me technical stuff and eventually at a point was just like oh look dude here's here's how to read tabs um (laughs) just go sort it out like i think you're gonna have more fun with that (laughs) yeah yeah no i i tried to teach myself how to read sheet music as well i just i don't know what it was about my head but i just i couldn't read it as well like yeah like it's i mean like and i still i still can and i still do and it's it's super handy to have but yeah in terms of day-to-day stuff like i don't sit down and write out songs in full full notation to play them or anything because i was gonna say like because being able to learn like how the structure of songs work in in that sort of way you'd be able to know like the like the time signatures and and work that out pretty like you'd have that sort of knowledge already and stuff so you'd have that um head start but um there's in in different genres i suppose anyway from what you've gone through like time signatures change a lot um like with the meat that's very up and down um, yeah yeah uh flange is i wouldn't say it's 
it's not too technical or anything like that, but it's it's one that does get a few changes in here and there. But you can definitely tell that from what you've said, like that is that is the sort of style that you kind of write towards and stuff as well. Like it, it, it kind of, sh- do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I um, again, nothing bad. You guys are popular as fuck. Like, and that hasn't changed because you, you guys have that attitude that want to do whatever you want to do. We're, and we're just going to play it and we're going to have fun. We're going to, we're going to drink and we're going to be merry. And this is what it's all about. Um, and that's when, yeah, that sort of, uh, what I was going to lead on to next from that was, uh, you are in multiple bands at the moment. When it comes to scheduling like rehearsals and recordings and stuff like that, how how busy can that be uh, for you? At this point, I think I have a, the Saturday after Christmas off. <laughs> um, if you like with gigs and recording and yep. tra- like traveling for shows and whatnot, that's like I think the next weekend that I have yeah, no shit. truly off. Yeah. And, um, and and that, that's because Flange has just released the EP. So, like, we've got now, as in when, when we're recording this, rather than when it comes yeah. out, we've got, like, two shows each of the next two weekends. Yeah, that's um, And then most weekends we're kind of touring it or then the meet's recording again in December. So, sort so of ramping up rehearsals for that. So, everything is, yeah, sort of hitting a perfect storm of, like, yeah, haven't, yeah haven't, had a, haven't had a spare weekend in a while and probably won't till like... <laughs> very end of the year because <laughs> there's it's not just like there is other stuff that uh, that you have started doing as well that's not bare, like badge boys i think was the other thing that you started oh, yeah, doing yeah. as well um, some badges on the side yeah exactly so there's other like so a lot of the uh side stuff that you would do does it center a lot around music or do you try and dabble in different sort of areas of the creative side um I guess for yeah to, to a certain extent does center around music like most things um like like badge boys started just because I wanted to get a badge machine so yeah. to, to make it for my own bands and so once I already had it I was like well hell I may as well try and like just yeah. sell a few to other people and all I, it's basically just to other bands or like friends that have businesses or whatever and that's like yeah. that's sick that sort of justifies me owning the machine and buying thousands of badge parts at a time <laughs> um, I, yep. I've sort of been trying lately to make not everything revolve around music like I, I, I enjoy it I'm sort of doing visual art sort of stuff like drawing and painting I'm not fantastic but like I have a, have a good time but um for for years, like all I was sort of doing, like was just constantly sort of chasing my tail, like making posters for bands or mm-hmm. trying to whip up a shirt design because we forgot to send it to the printers. So suddenly we're having to do a rush job. So I'm trying to sort of like do more of that stuff, which is not band related. Right, sort of over yeah. the last over the last year or so, I've had a little bit more spare time. I'm not working as much or at all at times. <laughs> yeah. So um. So yeah, it's been sort of yeah nicer to do some not quite. Yeah, yeah, not all not all music related stuff. But yeah, music still ends up trumping it all at some point, or you know, because uh, for a lot of your life, it has been centered around that as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it has been very musically. Uh, it, it, you've, your life has been very musically involved uh, with a lot of things. So of course, like doing something different uh, would obviously be a nice refresher to the head and stuff like that too. Um, when when did you start? Uh, wanting to dabble more in the visual art side of things um i mean like i've always kind of enjoyed it like right right through from high school but mm-hmm. it was always just a sort of a background thing but um i guess a couple of two or three years ago now i mm-hmm. think it was a um a friend of mine was doing some embroidery workshops down in melbourne and i just happened to be in town one weekend when she was doing them so we went along and she taught me how to embroider um like i'd done a tiny bit as a kid but never sort of followed it up too much so i started doing that 
just because I really enjoyed the process. Like it's a really kind of like repetition, but without being too boring, but you can sort of do something else at once. Like yeah, it's sort of yeah. like is, is a way to stop your brain, but also keep it engaged at the same time. Like, Cause and you can do it in front of a movie. Like I always kind of need a couple of different distractions going on. So it was good for that. And once I started doing that, I was like, that was when I realized I kind of wanted, like, yeah, enjoyed doing visual stuff more than just mm-hmm. throwing together the simplest flyer or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So sort of trying to take more time with stuff that I was drawing and I guess make it a little bit better rather than just like simple sketches that I'd then quickly edit up to yeah. stick on something. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess just over the last few years sort of evolving and changing. And then, yeah, I um, got made redundant. Well, I took a voluntary redundancy a year ago for my job. Mm. And so sort of that gave me a heap of spare time. So that was when I started trying to really dive into it more and like... It gives you a chance. I mean, from a shitty situation, it gives you a chance to try and test the waters with something. Well, yeah. yeah, And and that's why I sort of like... I I took it technically by choice then. Um, Sort of the rest of my team now a year later has been made redundant. So like I sort of knew it was on the cards eventually. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to bail out early. Um, Yeah, and it was a good chance to like hang out and sort of just be able to sit at home all day and do that without (laughs) feeling the guilt of like you know I should be doing not being able to pay rent or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. Like my my first full time job, they pretty much they pretty much pushed me out the door. But like, uh, but it was they were like the the workshop that I was in was not getting enough work, so they were basically like, we're going to have to make you redundant pretty soon. So like they were just letting me know about that over time more and more and I'm like I'm getting the hint that you want me to fuck off so <laughs> I might just hand you my hand you in my fucking resignation and the, let's be done with it because I'm sick of hearing that yeah, yeah you know it's 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 sucky and but that also gave me a chance to figure out what the hell I wanted to do next and like uh I mean th- at that point in my life I didn't know but like at least I got to try something different you know yeah, yeah. Um, but I was also in that sort of situation where I wanted to so I mean fuck redundancies like <laughs> i hate that it's the worst it's it's such a shit feeling too um well from from me anyway i, I hated that like just the fact that there there was work there though but they, they just didn't really want to pay me that yeah. was that was what it was well so. and that's the thing they always they always fire you before the work's actually properly gone it's like trying to get ahead yeah. of it so yeah like we're gonna make sure that we we do this before anything potentially could be an issue or yeah. whatever yeah it's it, it, it's one of those things as well like and obviously you, you're not working as much so having to the work-life balance and stuff like that isn't so much an issue in that sense but also because you are involved in so many different things essentially it is kind of like a work-life balance that you're taking just not in you know like uh, yeah and I, I guess that's the sort of the thing like i'm still still like like since i was having been working full time i was still like booking at a venue and at a venue for a while so i was doing sort of that and then yeah. like doing sound for shows there and then still doing band stuff it just means that like rather than staying up till 2 a.m sending booking emails and oh, God, going to yeah. work feeling haggard and not knowing what i'm doing and then like sending emails from my phone while i'm sitting at my desk meant to be doing other stuff i can actually <laughs> like just do that during the day and then yeah watch tv in the evening with my girlfriend sort of thing rather than like Coming yep. straight home from work, going to practice, getting home, and yeah. then, just, then launching into it at ten o'clock. <laughs> like, yeah, you, and your brain at that point's already like, "Can we just go to bed?" Just so fried, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I need some time. <laughs> I need to rest right now. Um, do you find when you get into recording and writing situations with the bands that you're in now, um, going from different styles, does that does it make it easier or harder for you to to come up? It will come up with suggestions or, or like say this part would go better with here or, or, or such and such? Um, I don't know. Probably a bit of both. Like I think I think 
sort of being well-rounded in music you listen to and play is is important even if like so somewhere like flange which is fairly straight down the line pop punk mm. we still have like we all come from a background of liking the heavier kind of stuff as well so yeah and especially over the last couple of releases there's been a couple of tracks which started as riffs i was trying to write for the meat but just weren't quite heavy enough so then they yeah. slipped into flange and but then like sort of i guess from from having like done the meet where like you know our longest songs are like 70 seconds top sort of thing i was gonna I mean, throw out 90 but yeah yeah like, i guess yeah there's, there's probably like a 90 yeah. 91 in there yeah. but yeah you know we keep it we keep it pretty tight so then that sort of meant that like and then when i was then when we were playing those riffs in flange i was very adamant like a couple of times when someone wanted to extend it i was just like no no like this is how we do this and this is how it's gonna have like the most impact and i think yeah sort of gate yeah yeah so i guess in that sort of that sort of cross yeah, cross right. side of things I mean, it gives you a little bit more reference for things, and I I think it works. Yeah, yeah, no, I, like it's it's curious to know as well because you always get um, like each musician will be different in how they want to focus their craft or how they record or play or put their music out. Um, you do still get like it's a very outdated look uh, way of looking at it where someone will just be like this is all i want to play and this is all i want to be good at fuck everything else like i don't care what it is that you're doing or whatever um it i think having that being able to be uh versatile in that sort of thing like to it, it, you might not be the best at it but if you can at least understand how it's written and stuff like that you can have a bit more appreciation even though it's not the type of music that you like cuz you do even you hear about it like not all the time but when you say oh i want to go check out these guys uh and your mates will be like oh fuck them they're not they're not heavy enough or they're not you know they're not they're too they're they're too poppy and all that bullshit but then you know they might go and listen to someone that uh they absolutely love but you think is dog shit but you know you'll still be like all right, let's go. Let's go check it out. Yeah, yeah. people get weirdly stuck in that kind of like, no, nah, this is what we do. We do we do this and this scene, and we listen to these bands. Yeah, and it's, it's, Brisbane's. It's I like, mean, mo- most cities probably are, but yeah, people are very weird about that. Like, yeah, I was I was at a at a meat show a while back, um, and, and it was like it was a very sort of like crusty, you know, cr- crustier even than the meat because we're all pretty clean shirt kind of guys but <laughs> yeah, um yeah so like so this real kind of crusty hardcore and my mates terramata were playing and they do yeah it's like you, you yeah, know claire, claire and uh is i'm not oh, that's right, does yeah. volleys and uh, does vocals and stuff every now and then as well yeah i've had our uh, claire yeah on yeah well. that's right yeah so like terramata this fantastic like epic yeah. oh, melodic beautiful. Cross. So i love, I love it. it it's beautiful they're, they're all big foot fan uh all big fans of fall of Ephrathah, this english band that i also love so like yeah. when they started playing that i was so stoked to like have something local that I could listen to like that. And someone was just kind of like giving me this weird kind of like, yeah, but you're in flange. Like, why are you here at this show? And it's like, well, everyone in that band on stage right now was in another band 10 years ago. The flange used to play shows where like, we were just like splintered off and like, we've all each chased what we wanted to do to do. And that's cool. But like the reason those guys are so good at that is that they tried, you know, Hunter, used to be in Deputy Dipshit, which was like, you know, the yeah, yeah. silly, poppy, street punky kind of stuff. But yeah, then like, you over know, the, over the top stuff. Just got, was, yeah. You know, then was in a couple of power violence bands and eventually worked out, okay, no, this is what he wants to do. And that's mm. like, you know, and that's cool. And like Claire, you know, used to be in Scar bands back in the day. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I think that like having a little bit of breadth to what you do helps you kind of it's then, you. I guess, refine what you actually really want to concentrate on i guess yeah and she's uh, amazing on the violin as oh, well she's, yeah fantastic so musician, good and then yeah. and then she comes out and she's playing in bone marrow as well and holy fuck they're heavy yeah, yeah you know like they just released some new stuff as well and i was just like oh 
Yeah. And and then you can see the versatility between if they just get given that freedom to to do whatever they want and not worry about what people say, like, oh, what are you doing this yeah, for? Like, yeah, to me that's more interesting than just only ever playing in D-beat bands because you decide yeah. the D-beat's the only option. Like, that's all it can be. Mm, it's, and, it's, yeah, look, or, like, or, or vice versa, only yeah. doing skate punk. Like, I know guys will only listen to skate punk and if it doesn't sound like it was released on Fat Wreck in 2002, they're just not interested, <laughs> which to me just yeah. Yeah. is just such a boring way to do it. Like, I think it's just, yeah, it's a waste. I don't know. I don't know. It just, I, just I, seems I, too narrow-minded to me. I don't know how you don't end up feeling stale, like... Yeah, it, and again, I it, it, I guess it just comes down to like what your preference, like you say. But like for me, like I I real genuinely like like if you hear people like oh I like all sorts of music, but then they put something on, they're like no, nah, this is shit. Like I I feel like I try to be that person that is genuinely into everything because I will give something a go. Like my favorite like downbeat like heavy over the top bullshit is like one of my favorite things. It was when I was younger, I still listen to it. I still love going to the shows. It's why bands like The Meat and Bone Marrow and and that and Shackles and that sort of vibe like always resonates well with me because I'm just like, "Oh man, it's it's so fast and heavy but then you know i love going to the punk shows i love going to that like because not only do friends playing it it's just it's it's another form of uh music that i enjoy and like it's not just i I don't like to pigeonhole myself because yeah there's awesome bands in this genre that i'm listening to but there's really good bands in this one as well and they don't need to be like not you don't need to see them just because you're in this yeah yeah um but i mean not everybody is like that it's just the little things that you do notice that do happen from time to time. Like if it's just one person or you, you've had like a friend or someone just be like, ah, fuck that. I don't, you know, like relatability. You can, you can see it. You've seen it happen before, but like, it's not, it's not the end of the world. You know, like yeah. everyone can listen to whatever they want to listen yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. Long run. If that's, if that's, that's what makes you happy. That's cool. But I just, yeah, I don't, I don't quite get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I, it's that like level of elitism in a way where it's like your music's not as good as this and I don't give two shits, you know? And I, yeah, yeah I, I think it's a very narrow minded way of thinking, but because there is so much good music out there and if you just give it a chance and maybe if you're not a hundred percent on it, go and see them live and see what they're like live. You might yeah, enjoy yeah, them sure. more after you see them live and that sort of stuff. Cause I think that was the same same thing for me when I first heard Flange Panties. I wasn't really so much into listening to you guys, but when I saw you live, I was like, oh, fuck, they're great. And that got me into your music. You mm, know, and like, we're like, yeah, and we're definitely a different band live to we are to what we are on record, I think. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, we, like, 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 like quite deliberately, we go all over the top in the studio, often not, not so much on the last record, but that's always sort of yeah. been something we're doing. Like if we're going to be in the studio, Jody's going to do five layers of vocals to hit the harmony and make it awesome but like you know but then live you can't do that obviously so it's more of a focus on like the you know the the fun sort of party side of things so yeah exactly and i think if you've got like pretty much the whole set nailed down and like any of those little extra things to make album sound or the ep sound better like you don't necessarily have to do the same thing live like you just have a have an awesome performance and get get involved with the crowd and stuff and i guarantee you they're not going to focus on oh they they left out that synth that you normally hear or some yeah, or yeah. some shit you know like <laughs> uh, and oh, i was going to say before as well with some of the meat songs that you uh, that you were writing and like they came out in flange songs did happen one of them happened to be uh phones keys wallet. yeah yeah <laughs> i knew it i knew it very you, obviously that yeah, one yeah because yeah. uh, you did the reggae one and then you also did the doom one and bear was on that um yeah, and I, I when I heard that, I was like, "That I mean, that sounds fucking nothing like playing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it started. It started with the heavier one. So the, the faster riff was the original 
was the original bit and then like we were, we were dicking around with it in the, in the flange practice studio trying to work out what we could do yeah and eventually added the slower doomier part and then we were like oh like you know like we, we like to chuck some different stuff on records but that was really jarringly out there so that's when yeah. we decided to just go jarringly the opposite just, direction and go as poppy and yeah. reggae as we could with it just to sort of make it Make and it an, ex, an extra silly joke, and yeah, and, it, and it's it's really cool though. And like again, like that's something that Flange would do. Like they would put something over the top like that in it, and then make it make it your own. Like, and I think again, that's another thing that is very uh, like captivating for for Flange Japanese is that not only do they have a good live show, uh, but you, you also do try and add some different shit in there just just so it doesn't feel like it's the same thing over and over yeah and like yeah yeah i guess that's sort of what makes it fun especially in terms of recording like that that album that funky smokes wallet the two versions are off mm-hmm. always the bridesmaid is i think where we got the most like ridiculously over the top we're trying to do different dumb things like that's got the doo-wop song on it and stuff like that which yep. Which is, is heaps of fun and yeah, that's I kind of I think if you're gonna be in the studio and you like for someone listening to a record for even, you know, I don't think that even like like that's a lot of time for someone to pay attention. And I think if we just were doing two minute straight pop punk songs the whole way, I don't think it's always as engaging for that sort of a length. Like I'm a big fan of shorter sets and shorter albums and shorter everything. Mm-hmm. So for Flange, like yeah, I think like like when we write a record, that's why we try to do stuff like Jody will do a heap of different interesting vocal bits or do guitar bits, which we can't always necessarily do live, just to sort of make it yeah a different experience. So you're not yeah you're not expecting to hear it the same, but I think it keeps it more interesting because you're not getting the same thing that you're getting at a live show, but without the energy, which is how recording can often kind of feel if you're not careful. Yeah. So I yeah, from other people's uh, views and opinions on it, because I myself have not been in a recording studio, but it's it, it, it is that like you you get worried once you get in there and you have the songs, you're worried about it not being the way that you thought it was in your head, and then you have to feel like you have to change it while you're in the middle of like in the studio trying to record it and stuff, and like that's not really a good idea because like money's on the line right right now you know yeah like, yeah <laughs> and we as as anyone would anyone would say like it's not cheap to record and it's like a lot of musicians would don't have that money like to just blow here and there you know so like you want to get in there and get it done the way that you want to do sort of thing without having to spend too, too much extra money because i know yeah. the guys in um uh Wartooth have just they've put so much fucking work into this album that they got coming out like they've got um they got venom venom head or venom spear or something it's their latest single that's coming out but like when i was talking to andy about it like going down to melbourne like put in months beforehand of like just sitting down and like taking the really methodical approach on how to write the songs and record them and stuff and like um, I heard the song today as well, and it's so good, and it shows. Like, but that's but that's obviously like that's what he wanted to do. He's really passionate about that, so like doing all that that focus on it, and and it, and yeah, like it comes out in the end result. So like if if you put that uh, the hard yakker in sort of thing, and then get it done, then you know uh, you kind of give yourself that chance to have you know the freedom to dick about and like choose like change something up in a song and whatnot but again it's not always something that you can get done sometimes there's schedules and yeah yeah and sort of like that it also like that um that that album in particular we wrote like 
some stuff in the studio or like the week before we were recording sort of thing. So that one we were really flying by the seat of our pants. We like yeah, see that's booked that, in. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very very different. Like Flange has always been I write all of the songs. It's only in the last few releases that we haven't played all of the songs to death before we finally got around to recording them. Yep. Um, but yeah, that that one in particular we were like wrote like, booked in booked in I think four days of recording. Wrote half the record. In the sort of weeks leading up to it, went in and recorded it, and then had like a month before the next lot of recording, and then we wrote the second half of the record and went and finished finished it all off there. So it was a different kind of a process to like having it all ready to go beforehand, and it's yeah. kind of meant that we did some some things very differently to what we would have, which was cool. And there's other things that then like a month later, listening back to mixes, being like, oh man, like we should have. I, I wish I'd written a different guitar part here, or like added something extra there. But then there was also things that was like spur of the moment. You can't help forced, but nitpick forced though, to eh? kind of do something and just like panicked and yeah. like normally did you know did something that I normally wouldn't have done, which was also kind of good. So you know you end up with that like, I, and then there was other dumb things like the slide whistle on uh, Poon Lagoon. It took like twenty minutes to get that like those two little bits of slide whistle <laughs> sounding just right. Yeah, and, <laughs> um, and that's just, one you know, of the parts that makes that song as well. Well, and yeah, it's, it's all those little touches, and that by not having it too worked out, we just were kind of just sitting it's literally us and the gutter birds they'd come in and done their parts and we're all just sitting around that's right working yeah, out what yeah. little silly noises we thought we should have where in that song and so yeah like having had that freedom but that's, that was also a lot with like the guy we were recording with Derek Modge is, is awesome yeah um, I was, he's, I was, he's really really good to be in a studio with so and he's very very good at like that sort of encouraging you to yeah fiddle around while you go without wasting too much time so giving you yeah giving you that little bit of freedom while you do it and not like not being overbearing about it. Yeah, no, that's cool. Oh, I was actually about to say, I, I, I could have, I could be wrong, but didn't it? Was it through uh, Jay's studio, um, Frenzel, that you did the recording through? Or am we I did. Um, that's for for the one that's just come out, um, Community Backwash. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so that was through Jay. Um, Jay recorded it all, and a guy called Clem, um, Clem Bennett, used to be the front of house mixer for um, for Frenzel, and now does just a lot of studio stuff. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's the first record, the first. I think the three before that were with Derek up in Brizzy, and then mm-hmm. we went down to Sydney to do that one with Jay. Just because I don't know, Jay's Jay's been recording stuff for a long time, and I really like his style. Like he just mm-hmm. sort of brings out the best in bands. He records all of his stuff for Chinese Burns Unit, which is one of his other bands, yep. um, which I think are fucking phenomenal. Like probably listen to them more than I listen to Friends all these days. Um, like they're really really yep. good. Um, records all the Neptune Power Federation stuff, which again another band he's in, which are brilliant. But then yeah. even like Maggot Cave, who are like a a grindcore band mm-hmm. all the way through to like yeah the, the super poppier sort of stuff he just makes stuff sound good but kind of I guess not not simple simple kind of undersells it but like mm. it just has a slightly different style like a slightly less pop production than what we were doing before so yeah we just figured fuck it like let's try something different and so what was it like uh, having I would uh, like essentially like some form of punk royalty like you know having like them record you sort of thing how was that feeling like did you feel as if you had less of a uh like you felt more anxious about wanting to try different things with him recording you or anything like that um a little bit yeah like jay jay's really chill um he's like like the, the, you know the, the biggest cliche of like the you know the the, yeah. the the dreadlocked front man like he's he's a very laid back guy in in yeah. you know, like his public sort of persona and that's that's just how he is like he's yeah. super super chill so We'd, we'd sort of met, like we'd played with him a couple of times beforehand and so we'd hung out a few times and like already kind of knew him before we got there. But it was still pretty mm-hmm. nerve-wracking, like 
walking in and you know here's this guy that like spent a year recording with blackie from the hard-ons putting out a song every single day and it's like recorded played on or recorded a handful of my absolute favorite albums so that, that was pretty stressful like a little nerve-wracking but he's very he's so laid back in the studio that it was kind of hard to stay nervous yeah. <laughs> was it would it be say one of those instances like say never meet your idols but you did and he was all right sort yeah, of thing yeah uh, the whole never meet your idols thing is i don't know i'm i'm not sure if it's true or not like <laughs> yeah, i'm no, all worried about making an idiot out, idiot out of myself in front of in front of idols like the first yeah. time i met jay i was way too drunk <laughs> and we were, we were playing we were playing with them and so i was like like backstage before i think it was before our set even i definitely got way too drunk that night and um, first time I met him, just like went on some long drunken ramble about how like I was stoked to be playing with friends, or what I'd really prefer if Chinese parents, you know, with two or more sort of <laughs> <laughs> just this complete asshole like bailing guys, him up in the green But I want your other stuff to come. Yeah, whinging that I wasn't playing with not not whinging, but you know what yeah. I mean. Just like basically just fanboying. But like yeah. then afterwards, being like, oh, you dickhead. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, you, so, you can't help but do that sometimes. Yeah, so and I that's think. I think I'm more worried about meeting idols just for making an ass out of myself, and maybe yeah. sometimes it's best not. <laughs> <laughs> they they're absolutely lovely people it's me it's yeah, all me yeah yeah yeah, yeah pretty much uh, so backing off that you've you've played with friends all um what's what's been your favorite tour to date so far with with any of the bands that you've played in oh um i really um last year oh i don't know i mean flange has done so much stuff over the years it's kind of hard to pick a favorite out of that <laughs> uh, last year the meet went down to hobart for dark days festival um oh, which they yeah. they just a few couple of months back had the second round of that they did um, yeah. but the, the first one last year was it's just like a three-day sort of hardcore crossed mm-hmm. metal sort of stuff um and it was it's in hobart which is like my absolute favorite city i think yeah um it's a lovely lovely spot and the brisbane the brisbane hotel in hobart's easily like hands down my favorite pub in yeah. australia it's um it's just brilliant dingy grotty little pub <laughs> They're the best, um, though. Yeah, yeah, but like, like super, super supportive of the mu- of the local scene, and like, yeah, they're just it's just a really cool pub. And Dark Days was a great sort of great festival. So that's probably, in terms of like shows I've done elsewhere, that's yeah. Yeah, that'd be a favorite. I don't know if I could pick a favorite. But yeah, that, right. That definitely stands out. I was trying to hope to go to the Dark Days this year because it had a bunch of bands on there that I was pretty fucking stoked on but i am making a conscious effort to go to next year's one when they have it um and yeah because i want to go to hobart too like, yeah man oh hobart's the best yeah like i missed i missed this year's because i just had too much other stuff going on yeah, and couldn't and afford fair, yeah airfares to hobart aren't the cheapest if you don't get a sale like yeah yeah they, really it's a pretty, I, I, it's I don't a pretty exy place to fly to so that seems weird because it's still technically on on the east coast so like i think it's because like people don't tend to just like pop in and out of hobart like if, <laughs> if you're going there you're going there sort of thing so like when the meet went down to play dark days we paid like i don't know three or four hundred bucks each Damn, for tickets yeah. i think it was closer to 400 and like went down and played 10 minutes of music because <laughs> we played 10 minute sets so was, that was pretty pretty dumb but it was was that one way fun. or was that return oh that was return but was still return, like it's okay. not like you know going to melbourne if you time it right you can oh, you get returned for under cheap, 150 yeah. bucks sort of thing and that's that's fine but same like, with yeah. sydney too like yeah, you time yeah. That right and you, you, sometimes you can't even pay over 100 bucks like if you get it like at the perfect yeah time, yeah like snag the sales and you're all right but hobart's a little bit harder but yeah man it's totally worth like dark yeah. days was a was a good time so it's worth yeah. going down for and it, it totally shows you hearing that sort of thing as well why so many bands and stuff don't go over to adelaide now and they don't go to and to perth oh too. man perth is like we've, we've gone to perth twice now just mm. for the last two years and i'm stoked that we got to do it but we, we could only do it because there was a promoter over there yeah. um, mad had a 
promotion productions promotions shit i really should know <laughs> the, the dude's <laughs> name's matt he's a legend and um, yep. yeah, like he was just really keen to get us out there and chased us for ages and sort of not to get into details helped out helped out where he could made sure we got some guarantees from some venues that sort of thing yeah, like, yeah. And like having someone local to help out was really good because perth is like it's cheaper to go to new zealand or bali it or, is or yeah. like japan some weeks than it is to go to perth. i haven't looked at like it's ridiculous it's, i haven't looked at prices recently but when i flew over to perth when i was it's about 10 years ago now it was 400 one way yeah yeah you know like i don't know if it's gone up or down but it was still like that much then so if if it's worse i wouldn't be surprised if it's more expensive now but like that was one way yeah you know? it's it's pretty hectic it's, it's still not the a cheap same city to get to still in the same fucking country just such a huge ridiculously huge country yeah i know <laughs> i know and like there's there's been some great bands that have come out of Perth, and I know uh, I'm pretty. Sure, is it the decline is from yeah WA yeah the decline well. around they're, WA. They're, they're, they're such a cool they're such a cool band, and like I, I really enjoy their tunes, and like those you, they've already got like they're already two steps back. Any bands that I feel like that start over in WA are just like a step behind because just the effort of getting elsewhere. Yeah, because it's so expensive to fly out from there and even to get back. Like my friends in in, in make them suffer. Like when I first started following them, you know, they every time I would talk to to Chris or Sean about it, they'd just be like, "Oh man, we're trying. What we're trying to do right now is just work and save up some money so we can get over here." You know, so um, we you just see it so much and like obviously you know why festivals and stuff don't want to go over there yeah because yeah the whole like setting up and the, it the sucks cost. but yeah it's unfortunately it's not not very practical no it's <laughs> it's not and that again it's another thing that kind of sucks because like half of the it, it, yeah half of the country's missing out you yeah, know, yeah. You know, even though they're not but like they are but yeah just having the, and perth's a nice place too like I've, we've got friends yeah, over Perth's there. Yeah, Perth's lovely. It's it, yeah. it's nice and flat over there. They built that motherfucker on sand, so like <laughs> there's not many hills over there. Um, it's it's really nice over there, and it's a it's a shame. Um, but yeah, like good bands still come out of there and stuff, and it's so expensive to get over there. That's the one big hurdle, and you you hope that's something that will change in the future. If there's I don't see it happening anytime soon, but you never know. You never yeah. know, you know. Um, I feel like we should give ourselves a breather, so I want to jam ourselves uh, another song that you have been a part of, which is The Meat. Mad favourite of mine as well. Uh, it was Metro slash Unknown. Yeah, yeah. So what is that about? Um, well, we had this. We had the song Unknown was, was like the track first, and then we The Meat. We do we write lots of like silly little intro songs and like yeah. in between songs and just I don't know for for some reason it's just fun to do because the whole thing is a, is a little bit joke it's a, not not a joke but you know it's a little bit over the top a little bit, bit bombastic and tongue in cheek yeah. and so we ended up with this one particular metro we were calling it which was like we were playing as an intro to our set and then we ended up working out that it just sandwiched into unknown perfectly so um, <laughs> rather than put them out as two different tracks we just kind of wedged them into one because it's still. I think only about two minutes total. So, you know, uh, again, like even better. I like stuff like Shackles. Like they've got songs like twenty, thirty seconds as yeah, well. Yeah. I, I just think something about the intensity of knowing that the song is like is only that short that it's gonna be full on from start to finish. And I think I think that's so like just that raw intensity that you get from that is like a lot of people focus on how long their songs sound and stuff like that as well. It's like sometimes you don't need to do that. You just depending on 
what you're playing and how you're all feeling and what you want to get across as a band, like you don't need like a three, four minute song. No, every not song, at all. You know, you Hopefully don't. not. Three minutes or under is ideal. Oof, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I've, and being able to like play a song, like, and again, skill, credit, all two is playing songs that are like five minutes or, or longer. Like Mastodon have got a song called The Last Baron. It's 13 minutes long. Like, I haven't seen them play it live, but they played another one called Sar or something, and that's like nine minutes. Can you imagine playing a fucking nine-minute-long song and, like, like playing it note for note and thinking, like, just how much, how much time and practice would have gone into that to remember that? And that's one song. Yeah. yeah like, you know? Bottle, bottle Cock on our record had one track, which I think... The recorded version, we, we went a little bit wanky and over the top and the longer, yeah. than the longer than the live version normally was, but it was like 12 or 13 minutes. Yeah. And we were tracking it all live. So, like, we got, like, <laughs> eight minutes into that and someone fucked off. And so we had to, like, <laughs> oh, no. go back and start again. And it's the worst feeling. So, like, yeah, bands who do that regularly live, yeah. like, just how the, the, the pressure <laughs> to actually get it would be, would be terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, Terramata and stuff, like, they've got... Hol- oh, uh, they, do, they play, like, one song a set. Like, yeah. Holocene, they'll, they'll play part one and that's, that's their whole set. It's yeah. just like, well, yeah, you've got to... There's no stopping and fiddling with your guitar in between songs. It's, yeah. Because there are parts where it sounds like it could stop and be another song, but it's not. It's yeah, yeah, all one song. And I, I, I really... There's, I don't have anything against like the long songs or anything like that. I don't really, if it's one of those, if it fits and it goes well, like cool. I mean, like you as well, though, I do like my songs like quick and fast and balls to the wall sort of thing. That's that's great fun, you know. Um, but yeah, just the just being able to play 15 minutes long for one song, holy shit, like yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> um, so I totally understand where you go with, with the meat, short, simple, easy. Not not as hard to fuck up. So yeah. like, how how? Why not? Yeah. So we're gonna have a jam of this one, and we'll be back shortly.
So, again, I mean, I can, I'll, I'll harp on it all the time. Um, didn't listen to it right then, but I, <laughs> I have. Uh, I've seen you. I've seen the meat play a few times now, and as well, like I, I just can't help but even though. Uh, the recording sound and stuff like that is not it's would you do you put it in like do you do you like to class your music as anything in particular or you know like because it seems like that very sort of like not not some downbeat or anything but like that crusty sort of in your face like yeah i guess sort of hard i mean just hardcore really like more 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 just straight i mean i think the the other guys in the band are much nerdier nerdier about hardcore than i am apparently we're 80s boston hardcore if if, oh, if, if they're to be believed, I don't know, but wow. they're the sort of they're the sort of guys that'll be like, oh well, we sound like this band, but like the first two tracks on the first demo, and then the second seven inch from this other band that shared them, and I was like, I've got no fucking clue. Yeah, um, but I think the drummer that we had on all of the releases we've had so far was was Hunter, who actually plays guitar in Terramata that we were talking about earlier, yep. and he's he's very much a crusty guy. So the the drum beats underneath are more D beat, I guess. Yeah, the D beat as like a, as that sort of tight subgenre sort of thing. His, his drums are closer to that than necessarily the music is. So mm. I guess we sound kind of crustier on those yeah. recordings than like the riffs necessarily are. But I think it made it pretty fun, I think. But yeah, we've got a different drummer now, which has made us a little bit yeah sort of punchier, punker kind of stuff, which is also really fun to now have that, that edge, yeah. How long did it take you to get another drummer? Um, <laughs> well, look, it, it took us a while, but that was just because the Meat's a very slow-moving band. Yeah. Like, it's, everything goes at sort of glacial pace with that band. It's yeah. um, talk about it ten times every couple of weeks, and then eventually something happens. But we, um, yeah, because like Hunter sort of leaving was a little bit of a slow process where he, like, I don't know, just had, had some stuff going on where he couldn't play in bands as much anymore, and it was like, was he going to stay? Could we make, you know, could we make allowances? Try to sort of, yeah, you know, it, it was it was a long process, and it was amicable, and we're all still mates, but um. Mm-hmm. That sort of took a while, so there was like a whole process there of waiting to see what was going on there before we mm. didn't want to like start approaching people before we'd worked out whether Hunter was staying or not because that's a bit awkward. So um, yeah, so like band politics and stuff like that as well can be quite as it as the name says, like politics. Can, like, oh yeah, band like the worst thing about bands is the other people in them and, and dealing <laughs> with that. <laughs> You're my friend, but shut up. Like yeah, like you you get this. Like I can't. I, I would I would say to anyone if they get in a band like don't think that it's always going to be like ro- like you're there to have a good time obviously but like there's always going to be clashes of differences oh yeah you know totally and, and I think that is uh, another area that I suppose if you're not mental mentally capable of being able to manage that sort of that that side of things it can make it quite difficult for a band to be long term as well like you get uh, not in-house fighting or anything like that, but just, you know, like there can be differences and then obviously, you know, members come in and come out and that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and like even like, like that's kind of why Bottlecock's not so active at the moment or like hasn't been for a couple of years, just playing mm-hmm. a few times a year because like we're playing heaps and like around each other heaps and kind of not, not even necessarily any fights or arguments, we're just like kind of wanting to do things different ways and not mm-hmm. really, and then like it just kind of eventually boiled into a situation where we're like, yeah, yeah, we don't really want to play much anymore and just kind of fizzled out Yeah, because just despite like the bass players, like, you know, best mates, we used to live live in apartments next to each other, like love it a bit sort of thing, but mm-hmm. we just, in the band situation, it just wasn't working. So it just right, kind of like yeah. just stopped happening for a while. Um, which is cool because you've also got to know as you know as people and adults when things aren't working and that's and that's and that's not like you know slagging off or drama or anything that's like 
she would say the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we just kind of hit a point where we're like, yeah, yeah, no, we don't want to do it anymore right now. Because I know, so, yeah, because I know it's, uh, it's not pointed to anyone, obviously. I'm just taking, as, as an example, like, just from what you see in, like, movies or even just, like, you know, hearing it from bigger bands and how their breakdown of bands and stuff like that happen. Like, if you're not, if you're not, uh, you've got to understand that, like, when there's those sort of issues arise, that it's never a personal attack. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think that's where a lot of, uh, a lot of people will fall into that, that hole where, like, there'll be not, there won't even be criticism. It'll be constructive. Like, it'll be like, this might not work so much or we need to have a talk about, you know, like, are you able to gonna be able like are you gonna be able to play regularly with us sort of thing or are we are we going to have to look for another member or something and you can find it you find it not everyone but there there can be instances uh, ins, i can't even say the fucking word now uh, there can be times where um uh they do take like a like an attack and stuff like that but it it never usually is in the, at the at the end of the day is it yeah, not not normally. There's yeah. de- definitely are attacks within bands, <laughs> <laughs> of course. But like, but yeah, you know. like, but when it comes to like the the writing side of things, like, they, it can seem like it's a oh, we don't like that shit. Like, we're not going to yeah. worry about it, you know. Like, and not taking it to heart is is I think what is the main focus of that definitely, is because yeah. you know it's not it's not a, it's not an attack on on your writing ability or what's going on in your life or anything. It's just like we we all want to play and play live and have a good time and stuff but we can't if like not everyone's 100% you know so it can be quite a mo- I, I can only imagine it could be quite a minefield in some instances where you've got to try and dance around that definitely and, yeah you know um, to when when you write uh, the music for the bands that you're in now do you have much input in terms of what the message is that you're putting out um yeah, sort of. Yeah, it it, it varies. Um, like less so in the meet. The meet again. I'm very much not a, not a writing member yeah. in that. I I play and like you know occasionally suggest things or whatnot. But like the other guys really write the songs and come in with them. Mm-hmm. Um, in Flange, yeah, there's sort of a lot of stuff is co-written these days. Like Jody or uh, Jody or I or Paul will have a riff and we'll sort of bring that in, and then like um, you know, we might only have a verse for it or a. a a chorus or something so a few of us will sit down and try and sort of mm-hmm. work it out and then yeah so a little bit of that sort of stuff going on little yeah, yeah bit, bits of input here and there sometimes someone just writes a whole song and it is what it is yeah um never really had to like i don't know i guess i guess knock down knock completely <laughs> knock back an idea and so like yeah. oh i did i did in an earlier band years ago some, okay. someone Someone wrote some lyrics that I wasn't particularly fussed on, and I was just kind of like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm probably not gonna uh, not gonna stand on stage while you sing those, mate." Um, which was definitely definitely awkward and hard to do, but luckily, yeah. luckily I have people that are all pretty much on the same page as me these days. So, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, because I mean, as we get further and further in uh, into like the time that we're in now, um you do find uh, as much as a lot of people try to keep it separate a lot of a lot of your worldviews and your political views and even religious views or whatever do do in some way come out i guess uh, while while you do play stuff and that again was another thing i was asking do you have with with the bands that you're in now uh, is there outside of like say what you say on the stage or off the stage um, with the band like with the lyrics or anything do do they have a lot of focus on political or, or religious you know choices and this stuff is, that are going on yeah I mean I guess 
in so much as like I kind of view ev- like everything essentially is politics, whether you like 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 day to day life is politics, how you choose to live, all of that yeah. sort of stuff. So I think yeah, in 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 that regard, um, the meat definitely has probably more overt themes, like very obvious kind of yeah themes, of, you know, t- talking politics or social politics or whatnot. Flange. I think more obliquely so, like mm. we're not not very like a sort of a, a layout, a message, A to B sort of a band, but there's it's definitely in there. Um, and even just, yeah, and how you, I guess, how you conduct yourself as a band all yeah. up, like it's definitely, definitely a constant part of it and something that we try to sort of, and like we have been a band for 10, like a decade now, that's a long time. And even how yeah. we act as a band has changed. Mm within that time i think hopefully for the better yeah because not, not to be a pc punisher <laughs> or anything but like realistically there's some some stuff we said and did in the earlier days of flange which but again i probably wouldn't do now as a 33 year old and that's yeah and that's cool like that's everyone grows up <laughs> but yeah the, in saying that you've had the time to reflect that and if there has been anything that has been said like you've you've accounted yourself for it and you know you're not that person anymore and you don't ever want to be that like that that viewpoint sort of thing and I, I i say that because one of the flange songs that sticks out it's probably one of my faves that you got is uh, make this city safe which is about the joe biocopita oh yeah era. yeah that's um and again like with that sort of political like i mean in that joby peterson era anyway feels as if it's trying to make a comeback again with all this yeah protesting well, and that's stuff. sort of where that song came from it's a it was sort of after the lockout laws started to come in mm. um and basically like you know through being in bands you know a heap of people who work out or run venues and they, they just, know just the way on, licensing yeah. was just completely fucking over any small bar or small business that they could while you know the casino down the road is still fine and like yeah. There's, there was never any proof that lockout laws were going to work in terms of reducing violence. There was never any proof that they would do really anything other than just like be a good press release for some pollies. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's sort of where that song came came from. This whole like, well, yeah, this is pushing us back this way, which like we still have people in the Brisbane punk scene who, you know, were playing in the Joe era and were like, but mm. like, yeah, we're also, you know, seeing it wasn't just us sort of having a whinge because our mate's bar couldn't serve us shots. Like it, yeah. it like it was, yeah, the, the way, the way, Queensland's been going in general is definitely, I think, pushing back that way a little bit. So that song was definite, definitely one of the more sort of overtly political things. I think the Flanges yeah. song because I mean, like for one, why would you have an exemption line going around the casino yeah, compared well, to everyone else? Like, what the fuck? It's like, just classic, classic licensing politics. Like yeah, one, one like, side of the road is somehow safer than the other side of the road, sort of thing. It's yeah. I mean, that's nonsense. just that's. I mean, I was having this talk the other day with someone. Um, like, uh, why? to like if you if you're complacent with these things being okay then of course they're just going to continue on happening unless someone makes that change or the whole collective stands up and makes that change and you are seeing a lot of that now with like uh, especially with more uh uh, like more exposure now too with cameras and and phones and the social media and all that stuff like it is a bigger part so like in in the eras back then when we may not have seen as much footage or heard as much um we know it was bad but like we are getting to see like snippets of what it used to be like now because we have so much easy accessibility to it too. Like I've been keeping up with some of this protest shit that happened down in Melbourne recently. Yeah, yeah. With like, with the the AFP motherfuckers being insanely over the yeah, top. Yeah, just getting nuts and like yeah. Now now you see that like as it's happening. Like, yeah, like, like like going live. At, yeah, and it's it's a weird. It's a weird kind of a, a, situ- a situation we're in where, like, in some ways we're going back, but, like, yeah. Yeah. And can still see all of it live, which is so different to when it happened and last e- time. Exactly. And, like, you're seeing, 
you're seeing people getting fucking hit in the face with batons when they have nothing and they're not doing anything and you're just thinking like well bands and 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 just people in general uh want to be like when they see that stuff and they don't like it they want to stand up and say something but quite often they may not have the platform so you you have bands that will they have that platform in a certain way whether or not they're as big as some others or whatnot it's usually always like the big bands or something if they make a statement then then people will make notice of it you know and it's yeah, like yeah. bands like uh, flange and stuff as an example with that song like it if say it was say shot in the dark like say someone from Powderfinger or someone remotely big in like the Australian music scene have said something like fuck these protests or some shit like that you know everyone would be like oh god this guy's saying something about it whereas you know you guys say that and be like, oh, we know that but yeah like, but we won't get the same exposure I know? guess yeah that's just the it the is joy, the joy of the media like yeah right? being able to spin the way spin it the way that they want for and like you, there was so many people trying to justify like the and it's the same stupid fucking comment every time like these guys should go out and get jobs yeah like, yeah like most of these people i guarantee you probably have a job yeah you know, yeah like, or have left their job to protest because they've kind of exactly re- realized what's going on and that something needs to change so yeah under under the uh, LMPs, like what they consider work or to be classified as work, you only need to work like an hour or something like that. I can't remember where it is exactly, but it, it's only like you only have to be working at least one hour a week to be considered like a worker. Like in yeah, yeah, class, that's, you know? that's how they've rigged the look at us. Our, our unemployment figures are so fantastic and so low and we're right. doing so good, but it's just a whole bunch of people in shitty menial jobs that they can only get one shift in. And so they're holding down six of them. But yeah, according to the stats, when you, when you make it black and white and a graph that works for your, you know, works for your politics, it looks, it looks, it looks good. good if you're them. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, we've got a budget deficit because you'd be screwed over people on the NDIS. Like it's exactly it's yeah. all of that sort of spin. Yeah, it's it's, it's insane. pretty gross. I I've found myself becoming more and more. Uh, I wouldn't say involved in any like the the protesting stuff, but genuinely following what's happening and like I want I want to know like I want to know what these what these people are trying to do right now because it, all all I'm getting right now is that they're just trying to screw us over. Like why? Why are they doing that? Like, so I, 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 I am all for them wanting to do that because how else are you going to have change? Like, that's how change starts. Mm, absolutely, by, by yeah. a group of people, uh, whether it be protesters or even like a, a collective group of musicians or, or artists in any way. It doesn't even have to be them. The workers, whatever. You know, when when there's enough disruption, then change will happen. You know, like that's how women got the right to vote and. Um, uh, over in the states, like with the segregation, with the buses and stuff like that, I can't remember the lady's name, but uh, she refused to get up off the bus uh, for a white woman or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's and yeah, it's confrontation. Like, I mean, confrontation isn't always a perfect idea, but very few big changes happen without some sort of confrontation because otherwise, mm. people are comfortable and shit doesn't change when you're comfortable. I think is a thing. Like, be it the women that like chain themselves to the bar at the regatta yeah um in in, in bruzy like like to get segregation of of genders in in bars sort of taken out because it used to be you know one bar for women one bar for men sort of thing and yeah these women just refused to stop it like um there was there was like the black friday strikes in bruzy were like a, a huge general strike which um mm-hmm. like unprecedented worldwide at the time like there's like yeah we've, we've got in australia a pretty decent political history there and it's always 
you got to push it that little bit further yeah. to get it. Unfortunately, like it'd be nice if you could sit down and have a reasonable conversation and people would listen, but yeah, people don't, and that's that's <laughs> that, why we're dying. They, like, <laughs> <laughs> I should laugh, but yeah, it is that it's it's ignorance and not wanting and thinking that they're doing right by us. But then you know, just do a little bit of your own research and and stop getting sucked into that what's getting shoved in your face like the minute you go start reading like independent science you can just see the immediate change on how things are reported you mm, know? yeah it's definitely. not it's not favoring it's not generally favoring one side they just lay out the facts and they don't try and spin it saying crazy like it's those clickbait titles as well that they use too like yeah. not, not the independent ones but like the the big ones they'll just use that as like ammunition sort of thing and like it gets people to click on it and then you, you just see the amount of stupid comments i've been bad I'm, I'm stopping now but i've been bad for trying to like for just replying to some of them when i see it and just seeing how ignorant it is i can't help it sometimes you know it's, it's, it's like, hard to stay out of the comments but it's never it's yeah, never healthy it's no it's <laughs> not it's not uh, you know I, I i tried justifying it the other day but then like i had a a stupid like uh, conversation with someone the other day and I was like oh, I'm over it I'm over it because you can't change people's views over the internet I don't think like that you know because they just get it, it's too hard yeah it's <laughs> yeah the, the, yeah there's not a lot you can do in that situation people come into it pretty pretty heavy heavy handed and pretty ready to stick where they are no matter what so I, I am enjoying this okay boomer thing though okay boomer yeah. is such a fun I, I love it such a fun meme I, I, and that's that's probably one of the things that I'm looking through feeds right now is just to see <laughs> Because like most of the, most people will just like absolutely flood that okay boomer comment with so many likes and shit. It's just funny because yeah. then they get so mad about it. It's true they get the oh you calling me a boomer real original I'm like okay boomer <laughs> you don't need to say anything else yeah, after yeah. You're, you you are saying you're doing exactly what we're saying that you are you know um, and when they this is going back a fair bit because uh, it it ties into this uh, like how people use. Uh, platforms to like get their view across um i think you were at the show I, I, uh, it was the whole incident with the, the nazi flag right um, oh yeah yeah um <laughs> and i remember uh, uh, i'd heard about it and I, I i mentioned it in a couple of episodes like way back um and i th- I, I really thought it was I just don't understand why whatever kind of message that you were trying to put across, people know what that flag is associated with. Yeah, I think like there's this kind of tradition in the sort of the scungier side of punk and like garage and stuff, which I which I like stuff that I love. Um, But where like sort of comes out of surfer surfer culture a lot, where like back in like the 60s wearing sort of Nazi paraphernalia a lot like 70s punks did it was a little bit of an edgy kind of a mm. thing and so that whole that whole um, gig was yeah it was just one of the guys in the band had a swastika on an earring like a little little mm-hmm. swastika dangle which is like fucking dumb because it's 2019 and like yeah. just get over it dickhead yeah. basically just trying to be edgy like don't actually legitimately think that he was neo-nazi and neo-nazi at all but the venue very rightly were just like nah like you're not performing with that on you sort of thing mm-hmm. um which i think is fantastic and good on the bearded lady for saying that yeah um and so because of that they decided to be like reactionary and go home and get these two swastika flags which they just happened to have hanging around of course um, and chuck them up on stage just just to stir and like like it worked because you know a couple of us jumped up and grabbed the flags down because like yeah they're just like well when you're not going to do that and they got kicked out and it was big you know big hurrah sort of thing but like it was just dumb like trying to be edgy posturing kind of stuff and i just think like and it's like we're done with that like the whole like just trying to piss people off to like feel like you're somehow 
edgy and yeah, you, like, you know what I mean. Like I keep saying edgy, but yeah, you know, like that whole like you're not just, wrong, just yeah. trying to offend people to to try to pretend to be clever for having offended someone. I think is just so childish at this point, and there's so much more interesting, different ways to be offensive to the status quo if you want. And yeah, none of them really involve shitting on people that are less fortunate than yourself, which is kind of what you're doing if you're relying on something like Nazi well, yeah, like, paraphernalia to just like get a quick. That and that kind of that kind of statement that you're making is a really dumb one because we know that era and like we we know about that flag we know what what it meant for and we know what it what it's attached to and it's attached to genocide like it's attached to 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 a, a, like a race being murdered because it wasn't what he wanted like it was yeah. extermination of people like and like this this era of like it was it, during World War like you know like the world was at risk of being taken over essentially by this sort of stuff and then thinking that I, whatever you're I, I just I, I can't justify it in any way in my head no, like not why, at all. why would you want to do it like because it's funny or to get a statement well that's really dumb like yes yeah, so, like you said there's so many better ways to do that yeah you want to you want to shock people like be, be be aggressively progressive and that's probably going to piss off just as many people like you could <laughs> And, and but it's 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 easy and lazy for people. But yeah, I don't I don't have much time for that. I think there's far better ways to piss people off. And I, and I say that as someone whose band is like renowned for having <laughs> smart ass lyrics that people hate. But within that, we're still never punching down. Or I like to think we're never punching down. I, I don't again, like so. I said earlier, one or two lyrics from ten years ago that I'm not stoked on. But yeah. you know, like, that, that shows growth though. And yeah, I mean, and, like, and like it's never been in a hateful way. Just in an oh shit, I wish we hadn't used that particular word there. I wish I hadn't made that joke when I was on stage, sort of thing. And I think that's yeah, like I think you can be offensive and you can be smartest. You can be filthy if you want, and you can still not actually be hateful to anyone. Like yeah. you don't have to. Yeah, I don't know because it was going before. Like yeah, you have bands with gimmicks and stuff like that from earlier. Like and that's what gets your attention is like you're getting sucked into what the performance is and what they do and stuff like that but as soon as you attach like a, a negative connotation to it like like that with really shitty viewpoints really um it takes away everything that you've that you were trying to do like it, you and it's particularly something like that it's it's not going to get you anywhere like all now you're just going to have heaps and heaps of people hating on you and you're only going to have that very rotten minute group of people go no 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 you're all yeah, sweet and that was it's just good. like a self-indulgent feel like a bit of a rebel because you yeah. annoy the punks and it's always it's so often just like a knee-jerk reaction to this obsession that so many yeah. people have this fear of being squashed by the P- modern pc culture or whatever and so they yeah. have to react by being dickheads and i think i think you can i don't know i think it's yeah. just a bit pointless and a little bit a little bit selfish a lot selfish really like you can be you can be a smart ass and you can piss people off and you can still not spread hatred. Like that, that's pretty pretty that, simple. That's that's absolutely <laughs> right. And I mean, like you take accountability for what you've what you've said with lyrics and stuff like that, and you've you've acknowledged that it's been that it's been done. Like and not so much moved on from it, but you've you you know what's happened, and like you're not going to do that again. Like you said, it's yeah. 2019. Or, or even just like so, like well, there's one there's one song. Um, I want to fuck you in the mouth, which is like. <laughs> As the title would suggest, is a particularly dirty song, um, and the whole song is like Jody singing it from like the sort of the the voice of like this like hyper masculine aggressive dude on a date sort of thing, which is kind of where the humor for me comes from. Hearing her say these phrases, which like this not, could which be like so many so many men would sing in a song, and people would like completely miss, and then her voice says it, and people are like, whoa, that's a bit fucking odd, and, yeah. and and probably just have a laugh. But there's a couple in there where she like. 
pushes it in the language she uses. I think it's fine in the context of the joke, but mm. a lot of other people don't. So over the years, we've just played it less. Yeah. Because long run, it's not worth it to me or to Jody to make that point at yeah. the cost of someone else's comfort. And that's kind of how I see it. Like, even if you're not actually being terrible or wrong or like there was nothing hateful in what she was saying but if it's mm. going to make people in the crowd uncomfortable it's like it's it's not worth it because you can yeah. still we still have songs which make people cringe and <laughs> make people question yeah. whether they should be listening to a sort of thing and we can still do all of that and yeah. not have anyone feel uncomfortable or threatened or anything yeah. like that and that's yeah i think that's like we got in a not not no no jody jody had a bit of a go at an interview a little while back someone said something about yeah calling us the most on pc band on the lineup of that, this particular thing that we were playing and <laughs> um and honestly like jody said and i i agree i think we're probably one of the more pc bands in brisbane just despite the dick jokes and the cum jokes and whatever else that we yeah. have in there we're all still very like like I don't, I don't have a lot of time for the nonsense at shows, like for, for people treating other people wrong or whatever. Like, and it's not, it's not got a place in music. So yeah, like yeah. I think it's possible to have both. Anyway, so that was a very yeah. long, long-winded answer. No, to the no, whole, no, it's, the whole it's absolutely fine because uh, again, conversation. But yeah, um, but like you were saying, like you don't have time for that sort of shit. But um, it must get straining on you though, like when when you still see it happening, and like I, I know like everybody else is different; they view things differently from you, and being able to explain it, like, and so it doesn't happen with said person. But like, there's so many people out there that have not had that understanding hit them yet, you know, with certain things, whether it being a joke or you know trying to be too edgy with certain things that they say. Like, does it does it really get like uh, become a strain on 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 your mental health in any ways it's like seeing it still happen and think what you're saying is like it like do you feel like sometimes it just still doesn't get through to people yeah it, c- it can kind of feel like you're either shouting into your own echo chamber of the few friends that agree with you or you just like shouting into the wind of people that don't listen but i think i've kind of tried to like be a little bit more re- depending on the situation a little bit more relaxed yeah. about it and just i guess kind of change what we do to hopefully show that there's an in between like like these days um i open most shows with an acknowledgement of country um yep. you know the traditional custodians and that sort of thing at the start of our show because over the years it was something i thought about doing but always like kind of erred away from because i wasn't sure if it was just kind of doing it for, yeah. you know i didn't want to seem like i was doing it for the sake of it or whatnot yeah. or like just doing it to try to be a good guy sort of thing but just after seeing a lot of indigenous people talking about it and seeing it at more shows and mm people responding well i was like you know what fuck it we should be doing it and i think by doing that and then turning around and opening with a song about Mm. getting drunk and having a having a good time like at first i was kind of worried that it seems a little bit disingenuous but i think it's hopefully a better way of showing people that you can you can be both like you can be respectful of everyone around you and like you know we'll stop if someone's having a bad time we'll stop a show and make sure they're all right if someone gets assault like you know assaulted at one of our shows whatnot like when 100% 100% not all right with that and you can be all of that but you can also still be the good time band I think yeah and I yeah think, yeah you can still you can still be that party band but yeah like you, you so, don't need to con- like let that bad shit happen because it's not what you would condone in, in yeah in your yeah life, so I know? guess yeah we try to show that in the less less open like like straightforward preachy way and more just yeah. a, well, like look yeah look at look at us we're still doing this but we're also not causing anyone else any trouble hopefully hopefully not if we are yeah tell us some more stuff <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> yeah, right. like, yeah i you're think not, you're not hopefully just... yeah giving a bit of a bit of an example i guess to yeah. other people that you can you can have it both ways yeah. i think because you wouldn't reject whatever they're saying like you would take it on board and be like okay like 
if this is something that has uh, upset you in a way or whatever, we'll all collectively talk about it and figure out how we can have that not happen in the future. Mm, you know, yeah, but that's, totally. That that's I, I feel like what most bands would do. Um, and you know, you, you can't help it, but sometimes, but get someone offended, like by oh, certain and, things. You and know, people are going to get offended, and I like a few times, like people will be talking about, you know, some bands tours got shut down because, you know, had had. I think there was like a black metal one a while back where, of course, there was some kind of dodgy, dodgy connection. I remember like talking uh, to a friend. Destroyer 666 was the most recent. Yeah, band. yeah. I think it was, yeah. yeah, after Destroyer 666, someone was like, oh, well, you know, aren't, but aren't you worried about like someone coming for your band? And I was like, oh, but people have. Like, yeah. I, have a, I have a friend who refuses to come to King Congo shows because of something, a, a side joke that one of our guys said on stage years ago. Yeah. She really took offense at it was a stupid joke and he admitted it and was like, yeah, look, no, I'm really sorry. I fucked up. But, yeah. but she wasn't comfortable with it and do- just doesn't come to our shows. And I'm like, mm. you know what? That's totally fair. And like, I think, and I'm glad that she did say mm. something to me about it. Like this whole, like, aren't you afraid that people will come to your band with problems? Like, no, that's sick. Like mm. we should be having conversations with people about these problems if they have them. Like, yeah. And if it's particularly something that like, you know, that's, that shouldn't really be offensive to someone as well. Like, and they are taking offense to it, then you can find out why. And like, yeah, yeah. And, and like, and yeah. And in that case, he didn't mean anything wrong by it, mm. but it, the offense is still real, whether it's meant or not. Yeah. And so you've got to, you know, they gave us a chance to like apologize and try and be better. And I think yeah. that's, that's good. And honestly, as a band, like if you, if you're in a band, you're wanting to be in public basically, yeah. like, what, it's what, an you're, what, image. Yeah, like yeah. part of it is is performing, and that's yeah. that's what you do. And if you choose to get up on stage, you take a certain responsibility with that. I think. I I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Like because uh, even if you are only, are only playing to like yeah. five people, it's still you're still choosing to like stand up there with a microphone and be like, "Hey, listen to me." It, that's exactly. Pay attention you, to me for the next half hour. So you have the yeah. microphone. Yeah, like, you have a certain responsibility to the people that you're saying hey come to my shows listen to what we do watch us like yeah yeah and the whole hoo-ha with uh, destroy 666 was the fact that the guy was openly like hating on races and and gays and all that sort of stuff and so they originally announced it and then a whole bunch of people were like what the fuck are they coming over so they pulled it and that's fair enough but then a whole bunch of like that that tour still happened but it was just bolzer that was underneath them um they still came out but there were so many people that were butthurt about it like oh it's so many snowflakes i'm like it's not it's not they're not snowflakes for yeah, fuck's it's, sake. It's, it's not like, unreasonable to want to be able to like go to a show and know that anyone would be welcome to be there. Like you know, um, I, I, it, I, I, I try. You've got to, you've got to separate the artist from the music. I think, especially if they have views that you know that are that are really shit. Like, come on, like, well, not not so much separate the artist from the music in that way, but like say, um. I think I've explained this one before, like with Phil Elselmo, right, with um, Pantera and stuff. Eight years and years ago, he did the whole fucking Nazi salute. Um, uh, got on a whole heap of shit for it. Uh, he ended up getting sober, apologised for it. And, you know, like when they had the Christchurch shooting in uh, New Zealand, they were supposed to be touring around the same time, but they pulled that um, because of the recent, like uh, his history has had yeah, it happened. Yeah. So it's like, and a lot of people got really pissed off at that because they were like, oh, he's apologised and stuff. But then also you got to, there are certain instances where you've got to take into consideration the timing. Like they just had a fucking mass shooting. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. And the, and like, you know, if you're, if you've not, if you've not experienced that racism directed at you, yeah. you don't necessarily know you know how easy it is to turn it off and just be like oh no that happened and he's apologized if yeah. like if, if there's other yeah like 
Yeah, I, and I think that's I'm like I don't know the Phil stuff super well, but yeah, I do know he like went in like had you know went into rehab and yeah. like did anger management and rah rah yeah. rah and like I don't I don't know him or his history well enough yeah. to know that maybe he is just a shithead underneath it all. But as far as he as far as I can tell, like he has appeared to have made an effort, which I think is yeah, and that's that's good, and that's what you should as a public and, figure welcome. I think and like, yeah, that that goes into tying in with like you know say Destroyer and Phil for example like. This guy doesn't give two shits, but he's more pissed off at the fact that he still got cancelled because of stuff that he says and thinks it's somehow okay. Whereas he did something stupid and he went and sorted his life out and he's still back out playing music again. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you can, you can come back from making stupid decisions, but you have to be able to acknowledge it and not try and shift the blame like i i feel i I don't know maybe it's just me noticing it now but like it it seems like when the apologies happen and stuff like that there has to be some form of justification as to why it happened in the first place if you just straight up say i fucked up and it's not going to happen again and i'm going to work towards fixing it that should be the end of it yeah like you shouldn't have to justify it oh but this happened or i was feeling this or that yeah there's there's often too much Trying to make excuses, I guess. Whereas, like, yeah, yeah, you need to just straight up take take accountability. I guess is the and dancing around the topic and whatnot can make it hard, abs- and like harder on yourself too. And if you don't do it the right way, which is what we saw, uh, I think it was about a week or two now with uh, old mates band. Um, won't drop it too much anyway. But you know, like, if it's if you ain't yeah. genuine, like, you, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, people start- people smelt it from a mile away that. He, yeah, he really was not meaning what he was saying, and it just just made it worse for himself. Which, and like like long run, I don't actually want to see anyone chased out of music. I would like I prefer to see everyone turned around and like yeah, making an effort to better themselves. I think that would make us a much stronger scene. But if you can't do that, then you kind of you, 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 you kind of get what's coming to yeah. you. Like you, yeah. you dump you dump yourself in, and if you can't be an adult enough to take responsibility for your actions, and like yeah, in theory, it would be lovely to have everyone everyone become perfect again but unfortunately we don't always see that no (laughs) but it's also good to see now that people can people are not just letting half-assed apologies or half-assed excuses or whatever let slide anymore Mm, you know yeah yeah. which is it's i'm not saying that that it was different years ago or anything like that but it's it's more noticeable now just because it's at, at our fingertips you know so like um just just knowing that if you are actively making a change then I think most people will give you that chance. But if you throw it back in their faces and just, you know, don't acknowledge that, don't acknowledge the fact that what you said or what views you have are, you know, not the greatest, then no one's going to pay attention to you because mm. they don't they don't like what you'd say or do. And again, being in the public image, that is a thing that happens. You know, like you've got to if and you're putting yourself out there. So do you want to be? Do you want to be known as this guy or do you want to be known as that guy? Yeah, exactly. You know, so it makes it hard, It, but it'll, in the same breath, it's also good to see that people just aren't taking shit anymore. They want to go out, they want to see good music, they want to see their friends, they want to have a beer, they want to whatever it is they want to do. But that's the end goal is that they want to check out the music and know that it's not going to come with any sort of like uncomfortable awkwardness of like, oh, did my... Did my did I just suddenly feel like an asshole for supporting this person now? Yeah, yeah. You know, so and I think from my personal point of view from here, like I don't see that from Flange and I don't see that from me or the, any of the bands that you've played in. And I think it is it's 
it's just a good time. Every time I've seen Flange, it's just been a good time. Thanks, man. You know, and yeah, exactly. I think we will wrap it up on that note as well. It's been a fucking great time having you on, man. Yeah, cheers Um, for having me, dude. Anytime you want to come back on, absolutely. We'll throw you out there. Um, Let you run it yourself. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) uh, So we're going to jam one of Flange's new songs off the Community Backwash EP. Uh, I believe we're going with Scully. Yeah, Scully. Um, So we'll have a bit of a knowledge drop on what that one's about and then we'll let everyone have a listen to it. So what is the go with this one and how long did... Oh, no, we already asked about that one, uh, like the process of recording that, this, but yeah. Oh, this, this one actually took like, it was written, I think, before Always the Bridesmaid. Oh, really? Okay, and then so it, was it, an old it one. didn't make it onto, well, it was half written. I, so I, I, I wrote the music and the chorus and like some of the verses, but I didn't quite have it finished. And like, yeah. oftentimes I prefer to let Jody finish something anyway because she's the one singing it. Yeah. I think right. in the end, Paul and I wrote most of this and Jody actually kind of hates the lyrics. <laughs> But um, it was sort of kicking around as a half-finished idea for, for, for ages and it just yep. didn't really fit in with the stuff we were writing around Bridesmaid. Okay. And then when we were looking at, right, at, at doing this EP, it, it, it fit much smoother into the sort of stuff that we were playing. So then we, that's when we sort, yep. sort of sat down and finished it off. So yeah, it's basically just a, a nerdy love song to Dana Scully from X-Files. Oh, fuck um, yeah. Because uh, Jody and Paul are long-term X-Files fans. I only got into X-Files very, very recently because I came from a household with, like, no TV, very sort of hippie, yep. hippie kind of household. So I didn't have TV growing up, never watched it. But my uh, my girlfriend got me watching it a few years back, and I love it. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's just, like, like a, a nerdy, Ramonesy kind of I love Dana, Dana Scully love song. But, yeah, yeah, um, Jody, Jody really – Jody and I phrase things differently and there's a few lines in this that she just hates. So um, I, I kind of, ever since she told me that after we, she waited till after we were recorded to, to express exactly how much she hated it. So I enjoy it a little bit more now knowing that she dislikes it every time we just play it. Just a little it. bit of a, a little slight stab every yeah, now yeah. and then when you hear it. All right, cool. I can't wait to have a listen to it then. Thanks again for coming on, man. I had a really good time and I look forward to seeing what more you guys come out with, with Flange and, and Mead and King Congo and hopefully another bottle cock show we'll see how things go yeah, you never know see what happens exactly yeah so thanks again man yeah cheers dude all right thanks everybody Mulder, suck my dick